0: Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go! Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we're back after a couple of weeks off. We had a few things to take care of, but uh, we're here again to talk about some of the Duck news. Uh, the month of July was kind of slow, but we'll go into some of the happenings that are going on. We'll talk about the Ducks' lineup, uh, some possible trades that they could hopefully make in the next month or so, and answer some fan questions along the way as well. But uh, let's get to what happened recently. Our last podcast was a couple weeks ago, so right after that, Corbinian Holzer was uh, given a one-year extension with the Ducks, uh, $700,000 uh, contract. Eddie and you know bringing back another defenseman, and as we've seen, the Ducks are very stacked at the blue line uh, going forward here in the month of August.
1: Yeah, it kind of just fuels the the fire for you know uh, for the trade rumors, especially revolving around Fowler, but you know also Dupre and, and Stoner and even possibly Lindholm too. I mean, right now they've got seven guys that you would expect to to play every day in in the Ducks lineup, and then you've got Holzer and they signed Ginnon and, and Schultz as well, and even Montour, who who are guys that could fill up lineup spots if guys get injured. So, I mean, the depth is definitely there on the blue line. I mean, it's been there for the last few seasons. Uh, that's for sure, but uh, I mean, it does open up the possibility for a move. Uh, I think the underlying issue for the Ducks this offseason has been uh, surrounding Cam Fowler and if he's going to be moved or if he's going to stay, um, and, and also with Lindholm and him having to sign a contract too, so this doesn't really help that. I, I mean, it like I said, it does fuel the issue and and, and fuel the speculation, but uh, I mean, I do like it. I I think it, he's a he's a good depth defenseman. He's a good seventh eighth guy. If if one of our right shot guys goes down, um, you know, the, he, he's now our go-to guy over over Brandon Montour. So I I think it's it's a good signing. Um, you know, it's only seven hundred thousand for one season, so you know, it, nothing
0: to worry about. Yeah, I agree. It's another good depth signing. You know, Holzer, I mean, he's not going to score, you know, 10 goals and, and do anything like that, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a solid defenseman. He handles the puck well, and I think it's a good move bringing him back, and I was glad that they did. Uh, before we did the last podcast, I actually was going to mention Holzer and say that I hoped that they'd bring him back, and then the day after they brought him back. So, I you know, I was happy about that. And as we'll talk about with the lineup and the trades and other things coming up, it does add, like you said, more to the notion that the Ducks will make a trade of a defenseman, uh, given the depth that they have. Uh, since that time, the only other move that the Ducks did is they uh, re-signed Stefan Nason for a one-year, two-way deal. Um, 600000 is the value at the NHL level. And, uh, you know, just bringing another forward, which... As we'll get into the lineup, and we can kind of do that now, I mean, the way it's going now, Eddie, uh, Nason could be someone that's brought up to the NHL next season because the Ducks haven't made any moves as far as acquiring any forwards. Like we said, they brought Holzer back, Nason back, but there's still some holes in that lineup. And, you know, going into next season right now, I'm hoping that Raquel comes back as well, and we'll talk a little more about that. But the Ducks are short and if they're gonna go into next season without making any kind of trades, then they're gonna have to pull from the, the goals, and Nason may be one of those players. Yeah, and I think if they don't go out and acquire that top line
1: left wing or, or sign a guy like Hoodler or Verbata, I think, you know, even if they do or don't, I, I think this is the the make it or break it year for for the players that were. Uh, Involved in that Bobby Ryan trade uh, way back when. I, I, I mean, Zilferberg had a great season last year. I think he can take another step forward this year. Uh, Richie's going to have to take a big step forward this year, and, and obviously, Nason is the other guy who's involved in that trade. Who's going to have to, you know, take a step and break the uh, break into the Ducks lineup this year. He's only obviously played uh, two career NHL games so far with the Ducks, um, so you would expect him to get more playing time this year. He's, you know, he's played 94 career AHL games now. He's got a, a decent resume under his belt down in the AHL. So I think, you know, he, he, he deserves another shot with the Ducks lineup. He's, he's on a one-year, one, uh, one year, two-way deal. So I think, you know, they're, they're saying, hey, you got to come up and, and prove yourself this year with the Ducks and prove that you can uh, play in the NHL. And, you know, we'll have to see. I, I think, he you know, he's a former first-round pick. He, he obviously has the talent to... You know, he has a potential to to break into the Ducks lineup, so I think we'll just have to wait and see. And like you said, with, with the lack of moves from the Ducks this offseason, we're gonna have to see a lot of the uh, the younger guys from the goals come up this season.
0: Yeah, and looking at the Ducks lineup now, if you're if you're looking at it today, you know the beginning of the month of August, and you're sitting there going, okay, well, you know, who do we have, and how does the lineup look in terms of the offense? Here's kind of a makeshift lineup for you right now, um, assuming that Getzlaf and Perry would start this season together. Uh, you'd have them on one line together. Most likely, you'd bring up Richie to play the left wing. You'd keep the Kessler line together with Silverberg and Cogliano, hopefully. Uh, obviously, they've done well, especially last season. You know, Silverberg getting 20 goals as well, as you mentioned. And, and then you would go with your third, you know, top line, so to speak, because they kind of, you know, played all three evenly last year, though those may change with uh, the new coach and everything. But the third line would then be the Raquel line, With Mason Raymond either playing left or right wing, and then your fourth line would be Bull Wagner and Garbutt, uh, the kind of the bruising line, and then of course Nate Thompson's out for several months, so you have him that can you know hopefully eventually will come back in, but this still leaves a hole uh, on that you know Raquel line. You know if you keep um, Perry and Getzloff together, or even if you drop Perry down, you're still going to be missing at at a winger spot. Uh, Mason Raymond can play left or right wing. Uh, so, you're going to have to bring up somebody to fill up. And, you know, the players that are down there right now, the ones that, are, you know, did well last year, you have Trop that had 16 goals, Cordelis with 15, and nascent with 10. So, in the winger positions, Eddie, those are your three guys that you can maybe bring up. Or if you decide to, you know, take Raquel and put him on the wing, you could bring up Sarbosa, who had 17 goals. So, those are kind of the guys, really, that if the Ducks don't make a move, that You know, those are at least the ones I would pick, Eddie, uh, you know, from the goals in San Diego and look to bring one of those four guys up if they're looking to bring up, you know, a forward or a winger that can score. Yeah,
1: and you know, these guys are gonna have to break uh, the lineup eventually. I think we all thought Cardilles would eventually get his his shot with the Ducks. I think he'll he'll get a chance this year, especially out of camp, to to make the team. Um, you know, Nason signing a new contract, he'll have the option to to make the team and possibly play on that line too. Um, you know, there's also obviously still the option that the Ducks could go out and, and sign another player in free agency, you know, Alex Tongay or, or Hudler or Vibata like we've mentioned before. But, you know, if they don't Um, it's time for those players. I mean, Cordillis has has one more year left on his contract. Uh, You know, Nason just signed that one more year, so he's got one year uh, left on his contract too. So, you know, it's about time for these guys to get in the lineup and and either prove if
0: they can stay or, or, you know, we'll have to see what they they can do. Yeah, and, and, you know, you mentioned the Ducks going out there in free agency, and, you know, the situation right now in terms of the Ducks trying to do that, it's a little bit more difficult than it was before. Um, you know, what the way that their cap is. I mean, they have, you know, over $9 million left. But looking at Lindholm and Raquel, uh, it's going to depend on what they sign for. Now, we know um, there's been some talk about uh, Lindholm and how much that he's uh, looking to have. And, and there's been some different rumors out there. But what we do know is that he, uh, he obviously wants to stay with the Ducks. He's trying to sign a, a contract. But it, it seems like the price is probably the issue right now. And I would think, you know, Eddie, you and I kind of talked about this before the show, but we really think that it's going to come down to comparing him to Vatnin. That's, you know, been a discussion that's been out there before. And Vatnin's getting, you know, five million in the first three years, and then four point five in the fourth year. And so Lindholm is going to look for something similar. He's going to look for, you know, maybe a four or five year deal at, at five to maybe six million a year. And I think that's part of the problem is you've got Murray trying to do that. And then you've also got Raquel, which uh, in Eric Stevens' article recently, his agent was talking about trying to get up to four. So, I mean, you've got to look at the push there. I, I mean, if you're getting five for Lindholm and four for Raquel, now you're at nine, now you have nothing left. So it's a difficult situation. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that they will re-sign both. The talks have been progressing, uh, as the latest we've heard, and they are moving forward. I just really think it's a matter of the cost and the term, Eddie, for both of these players
1: yeah and like we mentioned before it kind of limits you making any moves either signing a free agent or making a trade because if you make a trade and bring on cap that limits the ability to re-sign any of these players so you know all the moves kind of hinge on each other and you have to wait and see I I think Lindholm will probably get more than Votnin has right now Um, I think the lowest that he would get is, is five and I think the most that I would expect them to be asking for him, and his agent would be around six. And you look at similar players that have have signed recently, and, and their impact on their team, and their age. Um, you know, five and a half, five, you know, five point six, five point seven. I think that would be where I would see him landing at the highest. And at the lowest, I think it would be you know five or just a little bit over five. I don't see him getting any less than that. I don't see him getting any more. Um, and then, then six, and and I think that's where the ducks are sitting right now, and you know maybe they're they're looking at term and deciding if they want to do two, three, four, five, six years. And I I think that's always the the big stumbling block with with such a young player, and and you know especially such a, a young player who has has such a, a big impact on the ducks lineup right now. Um, and, and the same thing goes with Raquel as well. I, I mean um, Thomas Hurdle, who's who has a similar impact with the San Jose Sharks and, and has a similar you know scoring rate to to Raquel. Signed a two-year, three million dollar deal, like over three million for each season. So I think that's a possibility if they're going to go and sign him to a bridge deal. But you know, obviously, with the rumors out lately that he might be wanting four million, I think it all depends on what the Ducks think he's going to become in in the next three or four years. If they sign him to four million, you would expect the term to be at least three, four, or five years. So. If they think that he's going to continue to to improve and put up 40, 50, 60 points over the next few seasons, then maybe locking him down to to four million now, you know, saves you that money where you would have to end up paying him more if you sign him to a bridge deal. So obviously, there's still a lot of decisions that that Murray has to make, and and you know, they all hinge on each other. So um, you know, if we end up seeing a trade or a signing, I think it might have to wait until
0: you know Raquel and Lintom are eventually signed. Yeah, I agree, and I I think the best way, I mean, if the Ducks are going to go out into free agency and they're going to try to get somebody, I would go, uh, obviously, Lindholm, like you said, I would think, you know, five would be the minimum for sure. I I think, like you said, somewhere between five and six, uh, you know, four or five years is is what they would do uh, for Lindholm, and he he deserves that. So I think that's where they would go. I I think the bigger issue is with Raquel, and that's what one of our fans, Darren, asked about, is, you know, is he worth four million? Uh, you know, that's going to take up, you know, uh, cap space. And to me, uh, it's a yes and a no question. And, and I know it kind of sounds wishy-washy, but it really depends on what you're trying to do. And if the Ducks are going to try and make a trade and get other players that way, uh, without hopefully taking on any cap, then I think you do try to pay Raquel closer to $4 million. Um If you're not, if you're going to go out there and try and get another free agent, then I, I don't think you do. I think you try to pay him, Maybe two and a half uh three million, and then you try and get, you know get one of those guys on, on a lower deal uh, out there that's a UFA uh, and sign for a, a one-year deal uh, you know maybe a million or two million whatever that the, it would come out to be and I think that's really where you have to look at it. I think that's the rub I, I don't I don't think Lindholm is the big the big worry i I mean obviously nothing is as done we've t- we've beat that to a dead horse before because we always want to make sure you realize that things can change last minute. But as of right now, things have been progressing. So I think a Lindholm deal would be able to get done. And, and then after that, you're looking at you know, $4 million, uh, three point five, depending on what he gets that's left, that would then go to Raquel. So that's what I would look at. I would go uh, probably more for the bridge deal. Uh, I like that better if you try and keep it maybe in the two point five, three millions million, uh, somewhere in there. Um, like you said, it could hurt you on the back end uh, You know, a couple years down the road. But if the ducks want to get another winger on there, uh, and not rely on going into the goals, that's what you do. And then obviously, if it's the reverse, then then you go for the, the closer uh, amount there, Eddie. That's that's kind of the way I really look at it. I, I really think Raquel's the big uh, focus on this. I mean, they do hinge on each other, like you said. But I do I do think, however, they decide uh, Raquel's deal is really going to affect the you know future trades or looking at any uh, you know free agents to sign. Yeah, and it's definitely obvious that that the
1: Lindholm contract is is the easier one right now to to predict. I think there's a lot of similar contracts out there for for the type of player that he has and the impact he has on his team. So you know the range in between dollar amounts and term isn't as drastic as it is could you know could be for Raquel. It all depends. You know it's a difficult situation when you have players like this who are who are so young and and have had you know he had a breakout season last year obviously getting 40, uh, 43 points and, and scoring over 20 goals. And, you know, we really saw his, his confidence increase last year. You know, he was doing a lot of things uh, well offensively. He improved defensively. Um, you know, his, his creativity was, was um, he was probably one of the most, if not, you know, the most creative player on the Ducks last year. And, you know, if he continues to improve, uh, you know, like we mentioned, a bridge deal could hurt you in in the next few seasons. You know, we obviously still have, Getzlaff and Perry locked down for the foreseeable future, as well as Kessler. So, if you do sign him to a two year deal at only, you know, three to two or three million, you know, if if he comes out next year and and, and does even better, which we would expect him to do and score close to 50 or 60 points, and if he continues to consistently put up that amount, you know, he's going to look for for five, six million at the end of his contract if he signs a bridge deal. So, I think, um, you know, it all depends is he worth it right now four million i don't think so just because of the sample size is too small but you know he has the potential to be worth even more down the road so you can see how uh how it's a difficult situation for the ducks right now and and you know we don't expect it to to be resolved anytime soon we saw with Silverberg a couple seasons ago where it, it took all the way into late August to, to get him signed. And, you know, there are a phase they have a lot, as much time as they want to, to discuss contracts. So I think,
0: uh, I think we'll be still waiting a little bit on this one. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I know that's not the answer that some of you want to hear as far as uh, Lindholm and Raquel, because I know some of you have been sending me messages <laughs> almost every other day going, have they, you know, what's going on, what's going on? Are they, you know, resigned? and how's it going? And, and it's the same thing, um, you know. We just keep hearing that it's progressing, that they've been moving forward and trying to figure it out. And I think part of this too is if you look at the free agents out there, because you know the big issue, is, and it's no secret, the Ducks don't have enough forwards right now that can field the team. Let's be honest. Without going, you know, into San Diego and pulling up a bunch of people. I mean, even if you pull up Richie and Wagner, you're still short a spot. So, I if the Ducks want to go get some of those free agents. You know, probably one based upon the money they have now, unless some kind of a, a trade is worked out. I think that that'll play into this Raquel thing. And, you know, looking at the free agents out there, I mean, obviously it's gotten smaller and smaller since our last show. We've You know, we've been uh, away for a couple of weeks. But and looking what's out there, you have uh, Yuri Hudler out there. Uh, he had 16 goals last year. Uh, You have Matt Cullen, which we mentioned before. He had 16 goals, obviously played on the Penguins championship team. And at 39, he's probably not what they're looking at. You have Brandon Perry, which the Ducks did not bring back. And I had looked into that, and some of it has to do with his play. The Ducks don't feel like he's uh, a strong enough uh, forward in terms of his forechecking. So that's why the Ducks did not decide to bring him back. Uh, At least that was one of the major reasons uh, that I had been told. And uh, other than that, you have Verbata out there. He's also 35. He had 13 goals. So, you know, that's another option, uh, maybe, but he's more of a right wing. He's not really the left wing you're looking at. So it's a small pool. And, you know, these guys, I mean, you could maybe, you know, bring in a a Colin for, you know, cheap because, uh, you know, unless he decides to retire, which you don't know that yet. But if you're going to try and bring in a Verbata or a Huddler, I mean, they, you know, made four and five million last year. So, They may take a downgrade, but it may have to be something where the Ducks do a trade first in order to bring these guys in and solidify Lindholm and Raquel. So it's kind of along the lines of what you said, Eddie. All this stuff is just really connected. And I would suspect the Ducks would try to get both these players locked down first. And you know something that may happen too is they may get one or two of these players locked down and they may not announce it right away. And you may sit there and go, why won't they announce it right away? Well, maybe they're trying to work out a deal on a trade in order to free up some stuff too. So they may lock something down. They don't have to say immediately, oh, it's you know done, though Cap Friendly and General Fanager are pretty good about getting the stuff out there, so it's hard. But they may get it close to where they feel comfortable with the amounts and then if they can work out a trade and maybe do it all in a similar time, I mean, it may not happen. Maybe everything will be spread out. We don't know. But I'm just saying, look for that. There could be, you know, the next couple of weeks nothing happens, and then in a week, a handful of things go together. Um, it's happened before. You know, we we saw that with the ducks when. There was nothing after the, uh, tra- you know, free agency uh, window opening, and then all that stuff happened the day, uh, you know, after the July Fourth. So it could be something like that, Eddie. I-, I don't want people to get their hopes up, but I'm just saying, you know, look for that. You know, I, I still think the news is going to come out. I'm I'm very hopeful that Raquel and Lindholm are going to come back. I think it's just a matter of the amounts, and then from there it's a matter of who the Ducks can trade, and we can kind of go into that. But what are your thoughts, Eddie, as far as the way this is going to work out in the next couple weeks? Yeah, I, I mean, I I used to
1: say you know when when we had a lot more free agents available, and even with Hoodler and and you know I I do like the idea of them coming in, um, but you know I've I've had some time to think about it and, and look at the situation, and, and I honestly don't think the Ducks right now have the flexibility to to bring in those players. I still think, you know, even with them being available so late after free agency begun, I still think Hoodler is going to get at least three million. I would I wouldn't expect him to get any less than that. Um, and if you want to bring in one of the impact players, either Hoodler or Verbata, you're going to have to, I, I would assume, you'd have to pay at least $3 million over maybe one or two seasons to, to bring these guys in. Um, and I just don't think they have the flexibility to do that right now with having to sign Raquel and Lindholm. I think realistically we see the, uh, both of them get signed, um, and then the Ducks end up moving a defenseman to free up some cap space and either maybe using that to sign a free agent or using that defenseman um, in a trade to acquire another forward coming back the other way and also maybe freeing up some cap space uh, uh, that way. Um, You know, I'm not opposed to seeing Cordillis or Nason come up this season. I think... You know, with them having one year left on on each of their contracts, I think it's about time that you know they both come up and play at least 20 games this year, and and, and see if they can you know prove that they deserve to to be in the NHL. Uh, you know, I've been waiting a while to see Cordillis play. Um, I think we all want to see Nason do well to you know kind of justify that that Bobby Ryan deal as well. You know, we want to see Nick Ritchie uh, produce offensively this year. So you know, I I, I wouldn't be against seeing um, you know a lot of the younger guys come up and get a you know a, a pretty decent shot at making the lineup over
0: maybe you know signing a guy like hoodler or, or verbata yeah I, I tend to agree with you i mean i think before like you and i thought back towards the beginning of july and the free agency and everything going on we really felt that the ducks could go out there and get you know a ufa and bring them in but now um it's it's a lot more difficult situation. I'm um, going with Lindholm and Raquel. They're going to take up most of the cap space. It it really doesn't seem like they could bring in anybody. I mean, the only one maybe I could see is Cullen because they could bring him in really cheap. Like I said, you know. But you know, unless it's something like that, I, I doubt it. Because I agree with you. Uh, Verbata and Huddler should at least get three million. So th- that's not going to be freed up for the Ducks unless they do some kind of a trade. So. You know, the the next move after getting both these guys re signed would most likely be a trade. One of the teams that we did talk about was Detroit, and that was one that we really thought earlier on too, because of what was happening, that it was a highly, you know, good possibility, especially with Fowler being from the Michigan area, that that could happen. But with the latest signings now, Eddie, it, it seems a little bit more difficult. Uh, you know, Detroit's been signing their forwards and wingers uh, left and right. So it it seems like maybe Detroit might not be uh as high on our list of, you know, trade partners that we thought could happen.
1: Yeah, you know, well they've they've been busy in, in the last few weeks since we did the last podcast. They they actually had cap space to begin with um two weeks ago and now um you know, with signing Mrazek and Danny de Kaiser. Um, and, and Polkanen and I believe a, another player as well. They're actually almost five million over the cap limit now. So they've actually have to they have to make some moves before the season starts to get to get under the limit. And, and you know the trade we discussed before and possibly Fowler for, for Tatar to free up some cap space for the Ducks isn't really an option anymore for for the Red Wings unless they move out some cap. Um, you know, the, they'd be bringing in $1.25 million, and right now they, they can't do that with being over the cap space. Um, a lot of rumors say that they've been looking to, to move Jimmy Howard now that they've nailed down Mrazic for the next two seasons, um, and, and that would put them right just under uh, under the cap. But, you know, if, if a trade does get made with the Detroit, I think now the more realistic option is possibly Gustav Nyquist instead of Thomas Tatar. Um, the Ducks would take on a little bit more salary in, in 750,000. That would save um, Detroit some space and, and you know some much-needed space right now. So that's definitely still an option. Uh, I mean, Tatar is, is possible option for for the, the Ducks to go after, um, but you know the finances are, are are kind of a stumbling point right now for, for both teams. Uh, I think a lot of uh, Detroit's next moves rely on the fact if they uh, if they can trade out Jimmy Howard or not. Um, you know, he's making over 5 million right now and it's really hurting them if, uh, you know, if he's not going to be their starting goalie, they've almost, uh, they've got over 9 million in, uh, in two goalies right now. So it's, it's a big situation that they've got to deal with right now. So, you know, I think, uh, the Ducks are going to have to look elsewhere if, uh, if they're going to make a trade, at least for, for the time being.
0: Yeah, I agree uh, with the way the situation has changed now since our last show, it's obviously, you know, gotten a little bit worse in terms of trying to trade with the Detroit and what they're going to do and I agree with you they're gonna have to figure something out with the goalie situation to get themselves back under the cap or do some other kind of trading Um, Which you know, it's not going to be as beneficial for us with the whole Tatar notion that we talked about with Fowler because that's not going to work for them now Uh, You know another team that's been really busy is uh tampa bay and they've been signing same thing they've been you know eisenman's been going bonkers and he's been signing everybody left and right and obviously been getting a lot of praise which is much deserved for what he's been doing but you know there's some players on there eddie that the ducks they could try and trade tampa bay i mean you know don't get me wrong they have some quality uh defensive men on their blue line as well but you know they could add fowler in there into the mix and the ducks could try to go after some of their forwards yeah, you know, the Tampa Bay could definitely use a, another defenseman for their top four. Obviously,
1: they've got Garrison, Strawman and Hedman locked up as their three top defensemen right now. Um, but after that, it kind of stumbles down. They've got Coburn, uh, Andre Schuster, and, and Nikita Nesterov as their next three. And, you know, they don't have too many guys, uh, you know, who are ready to come up uh, and, and fill, you know, NHL roles right now. Um, and you know they've signed everybody to, to to contracts except for Nikita Kucherov, and and you know, they still have 6.5 million in space, so you'd expect them to be able to get a deal done with him. The only issue is uh, they'll be almost at the or or just maybe over a little bit under the the cap limit right now, and and next year, Hedman's new contract kicks in where he makes almost four million more than he makes now. Um, and that's going to create some issues for them. They're going to have to move out some contracts. Uh, you know, Tyler Johnson and Andre Platt are RFAs next season. So um, you know, there's an option for them to move somebody out there. Um, and, you know, it, it's not the best deal for the Ducks um, over the next few seasons, considering they would have to sign either Johnson or Platt if that deal is to go down at the end of next season. Um, and you would expect both of them to make more than the, the $3.3 million they make now. Um, you know, i it, it, it's it's a tough situation for them to be. Then you know, Tampa Bay can't afford to to take on much more cap. Um, it's kind of similar to to the Detroit situation. You know, the Ducks obviously, I, I don't think they would be able to afford any deal where they would, uh, you know, uh, Tampa would sign Kucherov and trade him over to the Ducks. Uh, you know, he'd be making close to what Kessler makes now, and I don't think the Ducks can afford to bring in another contract of that size. So it, it makes trading difficult. I, I mean, the Ducks have a limited amount of partners. I, I think the Rangers are another option for them, but you know, there's also an issue there. the The Ducks obviously can't afford to bring on a contract like Rick Nash's. Um, you know, Chris Kreider ha- has a decent salary too, at four point six million. So, you know, any any of these trades that they make, they're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to work out some of the financial details so so it works for both teams.
0: Yeah, that kind of leads us to one of our fan questions. Uh, you know, Adam asks us about uh, Tyson Berry signing. You know, in Colorado. Uh, you know uh, the whole Shattenkirk uh, you know trying to trade and and whatnot on that end and you know what's the value of the Ducks defenseman and and I I still think their value is still you know what it is on paper at least but I, I do think it's difficult now like you're saying not only because the other teams have budgets and things have been signed but I mean I really thought the Ducks were in a much better position in the beginning of July and now the Ducks still have value in their defensemen, um, especially Fowler, which obviously has been mentioned a lot. Dupree is another one that had come up a little bit on the you know the back burners. Um, so I think there's value there, but the, it's really more a question is is you know do other teams have room to take on the the value of those players? And obviously you know we know Stoner's contract has been one that's been you know a little bit too high, and that's kind of problematic there. And, you know, the other option is, and I hope people don't want to hear it, but if something happens with Lindholm, then Lindholm may be the one that, you know, talks go sour. I mean, I'm not, I haven't heard that, but things happen. If that happens, that would be obviously the biggest value that the Ducks could trade and get some forwards. And if something like that goes down, the Ducks still have depth on the, on the blue line. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would rather keep Lindholm and then try and move one of the others. Um, but that's kind of what it looks like right now. It's a little bit of a tough situation when other teams have, you know, re-signed a lot of their players already, and any trades that have been made have been done, and, you know, other ones that haven't been moved aren't going to be moved. And uh, also, uh, you know, just like uh, Santarelli too, uh, happened in this last couple weeks. He's gone. He signed over in Europe. So a lot of the, you know, other forwards the Ducks had are, are gone. Um, as we mentioned before Perron's gone McGinn's gone so the options are definitely running out I, I think the Ducks still have value in their defensemen but it, it's definitely it's just getting more difficult as as the time has gone on from the month of July and you know here we are now into August
1: yeah I think with Tyson Berry coming off the market you know with the, him going to arbitration and then recently signing a contract with Colorado I doubt that uh, I, I I don't actually I don't believe they can even move him right now because he went to arbitration they they can't move him for a whole season so he's completely off the market that does up Cam Fowler's value a little bit they still you know Kirk's still obviously on the market they weren't able to to work out a trade for him and and you know him and Fowler are actually in a similar situation where they both thought that they would be traded at the draft um, and then obviously nothing materialized uh, and I think it all comes down to to like you said is it, teams trying to make space to to bring in these players so, you know. um Four million is a decent amount of cap space to bring on for a lot of teams, and, and you know there's not a lot of of trading partners out there right now. You know the, the the Ducks are gonna have to make a move, and and like you said, if that's either Fowler or Deprey or Lindholm, we'll have to wait and see. But you know there, there's seven bodies right now on, on the blue line that you would expect to play in the, in the NHL next season, so. You know, it, it, it's a tough situation to be in. If you move to Prey, you know, you do you do lose three, uh, that 3.7 cap for the next five seasons. So that helps you out there. Um, but you're not going to get as big a return if you were to move Fowler or if you were to move Lindholm. And and you know, I mean, moving Lindholm, I don't think we can even get into to the trade rumors that could possibly <laughs> and, and you know exactly. the possible returns for that. I mean, we've seen some crazy trades already this off season and and you know the Subban trade and the Taylor Hall trade. So you know um it, it's it's a little bit easier to predict what Fowler might get back, but for Lindholm at twenty two uh you know it, it's hard to say what the return would be for him if they were to end up opting to trade for him but you know like we've we mentioned them you know multiple times now like uh, all these deals kind of hinge on each other and I, I think we gotta wait for for raquel and Lindholm to be signed to to see any possible trade to, to come out from the blue line
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, another name that has been thrown out there in the trade rumor mill has been Evander Kane. Uh, Obviously, he's had his issues off ice. Um, I don't know if he hangs out with Patrick Kane, but they, uh, you know, they like to party a little bit too much, apparently, uh, you know, or allegedly. And that's been an issue that's come up. And there was a recent article in the Hockey News that mentioned some teams that uh, Kane could go uh, possibly to. And the Ducks name came up on there. And then, of course, uh, rumor mill started on that because I had a lot of you asking me about Evander Kane and are the Ducks interested? Are they going after him? Are they going to try and trade for him X, Y, and Z and all this other stuff? And I can tell you no, the Ducks are not interested in Evander Kane. And I have confirmed that with a couple of different sources close to the team. They're they're not looking at Kane. There's too much drama off the ice. Um, I can even further elaborate Um, when Sean Horkoff wasn't brought back, he wasn't brought back because of the PEDS issue. And some of you may sit there and go, oh, well, you know, he said it was an honest mistake and yada, yada, yada. And and whether or not you believe that or whether or not that's true, you know, that part I don't know. But I do know that the Ducks did not bring back Sean Horkoff because of the PED issue and the negative reflection it had on the organization. And that's a smaller issue. And that's something that I talked about with some of the people close to the Ducks. And if if that is an issue, why would they consider Kane? No way that they would try to bring Evander Kane with his off-ice issues, especially going from where he's at now and then coming to California, Eddie. Uh, No, that, that, that would be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and as a player, I think he's a good
1: fit for the Ducks. But you know, with all the off-ice issues, I, you know, I, I, you don't want to bring that into a locker room, especially when you're turning over a new team and you're, you know, you've had issues in in the past, like you said with Sean Horcoff. Um, you no, know, it's just not a good fit, and and you've seen that with a lot of teams right now. I, you know, nobody really wants to bring in a player like that. Uh, you know, you it you can't say for sure, but you would assume Buffalo doesn't even want to to really have him there like that. And, and it's hard to be in a situation when you have a player who who is talented and who is a good hockey player, um, and to to have you know to be in in trouble like that with the law, um, you know, so often and have so many off ice issues. You know, uh, I I would agree with you. I don't think the Ducks would be looking at that, and, and to bring that in. Uh, into the team right now, especially with so many young players and, and so many impressionable players. And, and to, to really, it, it just it doesn't make any sense for them to, to go out and make a move like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, the Ducks aren't going to look into that. And so, some of the people that are out there spreading the rumors, you know, just, just tell them no. Just, you know, no. They're not going to. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I don't want that Kane or the other Kane. I'm sorry. I don't want players with that off eye stuff. Even Patrick Kane and all his great on eye stuff used to be one of my favorites, and now he's not. So whether or not he's innocent or not, it doesn't really matter to me because both of these canes have been involved in multiple incidents. It's not a one-time thing. If it's a one-time thing, that's one thing. But when you see a pattern develop, sorry, there's red flags. So as far as other players that are out there, I I think you really hit the nail on the head, Eddie. I I mean, New York uh, Rangers, Detroit Red Wings, Tampa Bay Lightning are really some of the ones out there. But again, it's going to be tough. Um, what's out there? I think, like you said, we we got to look forward to Raquel and Lindholm getting those deals done, and then the Ducks going from there. And I and I do really think that the best thing the Ducks can do is is try to make some kind of a trade. And if that doesn't work out, I, you know, bring up the guys from the goals. I say I say give them a chance. That's that's the way I look at it, and let it roll and go with them. Wagner, I think, will be fine. Uh, R- R- Richie, I think you know he g- got to get a scoring touch a little bit up there, but he'll be fine. You bring up some of the other guys, and th- and that's what you got to do. Um, you know, I still think they do need to make at least one more move, whether it's they go get a um, you know a UFA that's out there, or if they make some kind of a trade. I, I still think they have to, but I think they're going to bring up players regardless, and I think we're going to see that this season. And you're going to be, you know, as a fan, you're going to be seeing some new faces playing in Ducks uniforms. Obviously, the ones that they picked up, Mason Raymond, Jared Bowl, but I mean, you're going to see some guys, uh, you know, from San Diego more often, Eddie. So I think that that part's a little bit exciting for, you know, the Ducks this season. You're going to see some young guys that are really hungry come up, and, and we may be surprised. Some of these guys may come up and just crush it. So that's something I would look forward to this coming season. Yeah.
1: And, and I don't think it's what a lot of people want to hear. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people want to hear that the Ducks are going to be a better team on paper this year. And, and honestly, I don't think they are. I, obviously right now, you know, they could go and sign. Even I think even if they do bring in Hoodler, I still don't think they're as good a team as they were last year on paper. Um, you know, if they do go out and make a trade then then we can talk then. But you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a bad team. You know, we don't know the impact that a guy like Stefan Nation or or or, or even Richie could have this year and and I think you know, I would love to see all of them have a chance this year and to prove that that, that they can play in the NHL and see what the, what they can do. And, you know, if not bringing in a guy like Hoodler means you could see if, if Cordillies or Nason or Richie could, ha, you know, have a, a, a better role with the Ducks and an increased role in the top six, then, you know, maybe I, I would rather see those guys come up and, and get a chance. And, you know, would that possibly relate in the Ducks getting, you know, finishing lower in the standings or not making the playoffs it, it's possible I mean on paper like I said this this team isn't better than last year but they've still got the core and we've said that multiple times you know Getzlaff and Perry is still there Kessler is still there you've still got Silver and Cogliano you know the defense is is relatively still there obviously we, we expect a trade to be made you know we've got Gibson uh, and Bernier back uh, in net in and you know, I, I think the the core and, or the spine of the team is still there. Um, you know, filling up the, these roster spots either with players from the goals or, or a trade or a free agency, um, you know, it, it's not going to make a, a huge difference um, in, in, you know, in the on-ice production.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think the only real issue, and I, I wrote about this on uh, the Hockey Writers on my recent article on there, is about the offense with the Ducks, and that's what is really going to be the key. I'm not worried about the defense. I'm not worried about uh, Gibson and Bernier and Nett at all. The, the, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I'm more worried about the offensive production and the Ducks avoiding that slow start that they had in October and then November of last year. If they can come out of that better... Then they'll be fine. And, and you know, if this team doesn't go win the Pacific Division next year, who really cares? I mean, we've won it four times in a row and did what the Sharks did. Nothing, you know. I mean, it's great. We won those division banners. But, you know, nobody cares about those. Let's be honest. Everybody cares about winning the Cup. And if the Ducks come out and play better to begin the season than they did last year, and, and if they end up second or third or, you know, even in one of the wild card spots or whatever in the Pacific, but they have a strong team, I'm fine with that. Um, You know, I I would like to see one more move, you know, get one more forward, uh, either, you know, trade or sign or whatever. That's kind of what I'm looking at. But that's where we go from here. And that's the status we're in. And hopefully we'll have some news, you know, later in August. Uh, You know, since it is August, Eddie, we are one month closer to the NHL season, but we're also closer to the uh, World Cup of Hockey that's coming up here in September uh, 17th. Uh, We've got... Team Canada, Team Czech Republic, uh, Finland, Russia, Sweden, USA, Europe, and North America battling it out. And that's going to start on the 17th, go through August uh, 1st. I'm sorry, October 1st. And, you know, at least we're going to have some hockey to watch. It should be interesting. We had one of the fans ask us, uh, you know, about it. Uh, Cameron wants to know what do we think about the World Cup of Hockey and who's going to win. And, you know, uh, looking at the rosters and how it is now, I, you know, i got to go with Team Canada. That's the one I, I think is the favorite here to win this one, Eddie. I mean, looking at the lineup, you know, Jamie Benn, Sidney Crosby, Getzloff, Seguin, Stamkos, Tavares, Tabes, Thornton. You know, on the offense, you've got Burns and Dowdy and Keith and Muzzin on the defense, along with Weber, Petrangelo, and Velasic. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at this team as uh, the one, you know, the favorite. I mean, obviously, I'm going for U.S. because that's where I'm from. But if I had to pick a favorite, and that's the question that was asked, I would go with Team Canada. So, what are your thoughts, Eddie? I know you know, being in Canada, you probably you probably root for Canada. But what do you think? You think Canada is the the front runner? You think there's some other teams that maybe could you know give them a hard time in this uh, tournament?
1: You know, I, I think in almost every tournament Canada ends up being the favorite um, you know it, it, it is for good reason their, their team every year is is you know, first to fourth line top uh, top pairing to bottom pairing defenseman it, it's they're always superstars in, in any positions so I think that's why they're the favorites um, but I don't think they're they're you know clear front runners that they they're, they're going to easily run away with this tournament i, I you know the us is a very good team you know sweden finland russia they they're all they've all got superstars of their own they they're all really well-rounded teams um, you know i think the Czechs, they're still a good team i think you know they're maybe the underdogs of this tournament um, you know, obviously with the two new uh, interesting additions in, in teams and team North America being the 23 and under, that's going to be an, an interesting to see him to see, uh, team to see how they handle, you know, the the pressures of a tournament and, and being so young. Obviously, we get to see Gibson on that team as well, um, and, you know, to see how they do. And, and then team Europe's also a cool one as well. You know, Freddie's going to be on that team, Kopitar, Tatar, a couple other teams. They, they just bundle all the, the other countries that aren't Sweden, Finland, Czech Republic and Russia. Uh, into one team so I think that for me is going to be the most interesting team to watch um, but you know Canada obviously it, it, they have to be the, the clear favorites you know they're the hosts um, on
0: on paper they have the best lineup I I think they have to be the favorites for this tournament yeah you know it's going to be fun too I mean at least we're going to be well I mean obviously preseason comes around and you know it depends on how you feel about the preseason in NHL some people don't care and, and some do um, but this will be fun at least there'll be something to watch uh, you know, for the the second half of September, and you know, get everybody excited about hockey again, which is you know, it's good because the regular season doesn't normally start till October. So we you know get a little uh, month in advance of some hockey action, which will be good. And you know, speaking of the the duck season coming up, they recently uh, released their promotion schedule, and I have to tell you, you know, a, a lot of people uh, in the past were not happy with some of the promotions, and I will tell you that I have relayed some of that uh, along with some of the people at the Ducks, and I know other people have done it directly on their own, and the Ducks have listened. Uh, if you've looked at the promo schedule, there are some very, very good things that the Ducks are doing on this um, upcoming season. They're giving away not one, not two, but three bobbleheads this season. So you're going to uh, have the opportunity to get a Ryan Getzloff one on October 28th when they play against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're also going to have a John Gibson one when they play in November against the Montreal Canadiens. And then in January, uh, shortly after my birthday, they're going to have one uh, Ryan Kessler bobblehead uh, when they face Colorado. So you've got those three. They're also doing another Angels night. Uh, against the Florida Panthers in February, which is great. Um, the Angels, conversely, are doing their Ducks night coming up here in August. If you haven't gotten tickets, um, I have posted the link. I'll post it again in the article accompanying this um, podcast. But uh, try and get tickets to that. They're giving uh, a limited number of Ducks Angels uh, co-branded hats out at that Angels game. So if you want to go to that, they will have that uh, for the baseball game. Uh, as far as the Ducks game that night, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to have planned, but I'm sure they'll have something. And they are also giving away a camo hat in November for Military Appreciation Night. So there's a lot of good things going on. Um, uh, well, one other thing too, they are going to have a Stanley Cup 10-year anniversary celebration in March too. So that's going to be another good night. I'm sure um, they'll have some highlights and maybe some, uh, you know, guest appearances from some players. Uh, I haven't confirmed that yet, but there may be some players in the building from the Stanley Cup 2007 championship team. So there's some things to look forward to next season, some good stuff. And we have some stuff for you guys as well coming up. We're going to have another contest where we're going to give away tickets on here. We'll probably announce it in in the next show or two that we'll be doing. And also on our um, store website too, if you go to tpnhockey.com, anything you buy on there automatically gets you into a raffle uh, for the months of August and September uh, to win two tickets to the Ducks home opener against vancouver on october 23rd so look for that go on there purchase anything and every item you purchase is an entry so the more stuff on there you get you know the better chance you have to win and we'll do a drawing for that uh the end of uh september the beginning of october and so a lot of good stuff Eddie uh coming up, you know. We'll be giving away some tickets on the show and and there'll be some, you know, bobbleheads and other good stuff coming up for the Ducks uh uh season this year. So, you know, at least at least there'll be some uh, you know, prizes and some tickets for some of you out there as as the season pro- approaches.
1: Yeah, remind me
0: of all the things that
1: I end up uh, missing out on for for getting to get the bobbleheads and stuff uh during the season. But, you know, I am definitely looking forward to the season. I mean, I think a lot of fans right now are are more worried than they are excited for for this season, but you know, there there's still plenty of time, you know, there there's still time for the ducks to make moves, to sign players, to to make trades. So you know, I don't think anybody has to worry, like we said, the, the core of the team's still there. Um and, and hey, look at it this way, even if they, they have a bad season there's there's gonna be a lot of nights uh for you to, to have fun at, at the you know, at Ducks games to get bobbleheads or for Angels Night or to win tickets from us. So I uh, you know, even if they're having a bad season you you're still gonna have a chance to win some things
0: uh, along the way. Yeah, exactly, and like you said, there's still stuff to be done, and we'll obviously have more shows coming up leading up to the season. Hopefully, have some more announcements, of, you know, good stuff in regard to Raquel and Lindholm and some other moves. But I wouldn't stress out too much now. I, I know some some of the stuff isn't uh, quite clear as far as the picture of the duck season and their lineup, but don't forget, there's still time. There's still August and September coming up. And you know, it, it, come the end of September, if we're in this position, then yeah, I, I'd be worried if we haven't you know gotten Lindholm and Raquel resigned or, or made some other moves. So try to enjoy summer. You got you know another month before the World Cup of Hockey. Uh, we'll be covering some of that on the website as well. And as always, let's go Ducks.